Hey y'all, Eves here. Today's episode contains not just one, but two nuggets of history. These are coming from the TDIHC vault, so you'll also hear two hosts. Consider it a double feature. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy B. Wilson and it's December 3rd. The trial of Kenya's Kapinguria 6 began on the state in 1952. These were six political activists who were arrested under the grounds that they were members of the Mau Mau political movement against British colonial rule in Kenya. Britain's colonial involvement in Kenya went back to 1895, when that part of Africa became part of Britain's East African protectorate. This was during Europe's scramble for Africa, when basically Europe divided up as much of Africa as possible amongst themselves without asking any Africans about it. In 1920, Britain formally declared that Kenya was a crown colony. So all of this placed Kenya under a white minority government, and that led to widespread poverty and racism and oppression. And resistance to colonial rule started almost immediately. The East Africa Association formed in 1921, the year after Britain formally declared that Kenya was a crown colony. A man named Jomo Kenyatta, who was one of the Kapinguria Six, was involved almost from the start of this. He joined the East Africa Association in 1922. He continued to work with a series of independence organizations as they disbanded and reformed and started over with new groups over the next several years. Sometimes these were because of internal changes. Sometimes it was because Britain had outlawed a particular organization and they had to start over. He also traveled through Europe and studied in England. A lot of these first organizations were focused on some constitutional reforms, but as time passed with seemingly no progress being made, many younger and more radical members started to splinter off, and the Mau Mau movement was formed in 1942. It was formed when four Kenyan tribes came together and took an oath to secretly fight against British rule. This was a militant movement. It advocated violent resistance to the British rule of Kenya, and their tactics included sabotage and assassination. So by the 1950s, the British government had outlawed the movement. But that didn't make the movement disappear, and 1952 saw the Mau Mau uprising. That led to a massive military engagement between the British Army and members of the movement. The Mau Mau faced devastating losses, and members were imprisoned during this time. They reported horrifying conditions, including torture and abuse. In October of 1952, following that uprising, Kenyatta and five other leaders were arrested on the grounds that they had been directing this outlawed movement, and hundreds of other people had been arrested as well. At the time, Kenyatta was actually leading the Kenyan African Union. They were all taken to Kapinguria because it was a very remote uh, location that authorities thought would be secure enough that the other members of the Maba movement couldn't break them out. These six men were placed on trial from December 1952 until April 1953. Although the British colonial government was approaching this as a criminal matter, to a lot of the rest of the world, it really looked like a political trial. 
They were all found guilty. They were sentenced to seven years in prison with hard labor. Over the next decade, the British colonial government gradually started shifting Kenya toward rule by its African majority rather than having a white minority government. Kenyatta was released from prison in 1961, and then he became one of the negotiators in a conference in London in 1962. That conference ultimately led to Kenya's independence from Britain. A political party called the Kenya African National Union won the first election, which had actually taken place before independence while Kenyatta was still in prison. Uh, He had been elected the first party president, even though he was still imprisoned at the time. Then after Kenya formally became independent on December 12, 1963, Kenyatta became its first prime minister and later became Kenya's first president. In 2013, it was announced that Kenyans who had been tortured by colonial forces during the Mamao uprising would receive payouts totaling 20 million pounds. Thanks to Christopher Hasiotis for his research work on today's show and to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this podcast. You can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for The Birth of a Poet. Hello again, I'm Eves, and you're listening to This Day in History Class, a show where we drop history knowledge every single day. The day was December 3rd, 1854. Gold miners seeking reforms in Ballarat, Victoria, Australia, rebelled against the colonial government. The conflict led to the Battle of the Eureka Stockade, which resulted in the death of at least 28 people. The Victorian gold rush began in Australia in 1851. It brought people seeking fortunes from all over Australia and the world. As people flocked to the area and the colonial government struggled to find the money to support them, New South Wales Governor Charles Fitzroy and Victoria's Lieutenant Governor Charles Latrobe imposed a license fee of 30 shillings a month on miners. That was a hefty fee for miners, especially when surface gold started to dwindle and gold production per person was decreasing. Miners expressed their concerns to Latrobe, but not much was done about the miners' protests. Police set out on license hunts to find miners who did not pay their fees, and miners claimed that police were exploiting them by extorting money, beating people up, taking bribes, and locking people up without due process. Many people were unhappy with the way the police handled crimes on the gold fields, claiming police and government officials had to be bribed. Adding insult to injury was the fact that miners could not vote or own the land that they were working on. In October of 1854, a Scottish miner named James Scobie was killed in a conflict at the Eureka Hotel in Ballarat. J.F. Bentley, the proprietor, was pegged as the murderer. When Bentley was exonerated, miners felt it was an injustice. A group of people gathered to protest the decision, but a mob of miners ended up burning down the hotel. The police arrested them. An organization called the Ballarat Reform League formed in response to the government's inaction on people's demands. It organized a meeting in Ballarat on November 11, 1854. The League advocated for negotiations on the Bentley decision as well as the people arrested because of the fire. 
for abandonment of the gold licensing system, for removal of the gold commissioners, and for a better policing and justice system. But their grievances were dismissed, and more soldiers were sent to the gold fields to back up the police and soldiers already present. Dissenting miners held another mass meeting, elected Peter Lawler as their leader, and flew the Eureka flag. They swore to fight together to defend their rights and liberties. And they built a stockade at Eureka, performing military drills to prepare for any conflict. Robert Reed, commissioner of the Ballarat Goldfields, ordered the police and army to destroy the stockade on December 3rd. Before dawn that day, troops stormed the stockade. Miners fell quickly against the well-armed force. At least 22 diggers and six soldiers died. Police detained around 113 miners, and 13 were eventually taken to Melbourne for trial. All of the miners accused of treason were acquitted. Within months, a royal commission recommended removing the license fee and adding an export duty and an annual miner's right. The number of police on the gold fields was cut significantly, and a warden replaced the gold commissioners. Twelve new members were also added to the Victorian Legislative Council, with four appointed by the Queen and eight elected by diggers who had a miner's right. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can do so at T-D-I-H-C podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Or if you would prefer to email us, you can send us a message at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks for listening. I hope to see you here again tomorrow.